0: You're listening to the Tribe Tech Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tribe Tech Podcast. I'm Robert Hillier and my co-host is
1: Fayyaza Khan. Today we're talking about startups, what makes an entrepreneur and how to get your ideas just right.
0: Yeah, and where better to start than here in the Southwest, which from everyone we speak to seems to be a melting pot of brilliant minds. Later on in the show, we're talking to Ben Cooper, friend of the show and angel investor about how to get on Tech Southwest Startup Studio And what makes him write the cheques or do the bank transfer? Well, however he does it. Bitcoin.
1: You just stole my joke. I was going to say nobody uses cheques.
0: I've just seen the the (laughs) scroll down there. You put him in PayPal or Wise or Venmo. Well, I've only heard of one of those. So I would only mean possibly PayPal. And then I say, or add to the blockchain. Either way, Ben Cooper doesn't put his name to just anything. Brilliant. Seamless. Nobody will notice.
2: So while they may be saying that funding is an issue, I think there's increasing money coming into the sector, so it's certainly coming into the software. What we're keen to do, and what I'm keen to do with TechSouthwest and with Activate is to get them in the best possible position they could be to access that money.
1: Next up, we're speaking to Emily Barrett. She's hosting a Tech Startup Weekend in Plymouth. This month's was postponed to later in the year. It was supposed to happen uh, on the 23rd of April, I think, but it's been postponed and there will be details on when it is happening at some point in the future.
3: It packs Plymouth into a global network. We've also got some amazing um, local mentors and people involved in the event itself. And we're running these in Plymouth as part of the Cultural Development Fund, Department for Digital Culture, Media and Sport, um, and being delivered by Arts Council. And we've got an amazing range of partners across the city that are doing all sorts of exciting things,
1: Let's start the show with Ben Cooper, who talked to us about where the idea for the Tech Southwest Startup Studio came from.
2: So I was chatting to Dan Pritchard of uh, Tech Southwest sort of middle last year, I think, about how Tech Southwest can advance and showing the spotlight, I suppose, on the Southwest and doing some great work with the awards and and all the various and and the kind of monthly, uh, obviously, TriTech and the monthly work they do. Monthly the um, gatherings they have and what, we could, what more they could do, I suppose Dan was interested in um, to, uh, to help promote the sector in the, in the South West, tech sector in the South West. At the same time, I was mentoring on an accelerator programme run by Activate. As these things do pop into my head, little light bulbs go off, and I was thinking, well, what, what, you know, I started chatting to Dan about um, how it might be great if we could have a really true sort of cross-region uh, um accelerator program um obviously we're in the midst of covid at the time and um, everything was online and um and obviously the, the activate program was online and working really well um with the companies that we were working with there and so we kind of thought well if i bring my own firm scout consulting tech west and activate all together we can launch a kind of tech south west startup studio which is basically a an intensive six-week program to get companies kind of investor-ready, really. Young tech firms, startups that are going to be looking for funding and, um, and and to get them ready for that.
1: What a fantastic opportunity for people in the Southwest. I mean, how how do people get involved? How can they apply to... The startup Studio?
2: If you head to uh, the TechSac West website, look up Startup Studio, and you can apply on there. So at the moment, we've, we've got applications. We're full and we're ready to go with our first cohort. That's starting on the 26th of April. So that kicks off then. We've got 10 really exciting firms. We're hoping to launch a, a, a second cohort later in the year. So if you go to the website, there's an application form on there which asks for some sort of brief details, gives the sort of cri- eligibility criteria that we're looking for. And then, um, you know, if you meet that criteria, which is, which which is pretty straightforward is that, are you a tech company based in the Southwest and, and under two years old? That's pretty, pretty much it. Drop us a note through that online form and, um, You'll be in line for the uh, selection, maybe in the in, in the second cohort.
0: So, talk to us about some of the companies you've got involved in this round. Then we've been
2: oversubscribed, which is great. So, our intention was always that we would have ten companies in each cohort. We had applications genuinely from across the region, from Cornwall, Devon, Somerset, North Somerset, Wiltshire, Gloucester, Bristol, Bath. You know, we had applications from 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 everywhere, and so we've, we we we've, we've whittled it down to the to the ten we've got, and so the 10 firms that are coming in and they're, they're from across um there's edtech robotics engineering tech regulation tech international trade you know platforms saas platforms there are all sorts of um all sorts of things so if i just run through them they are um the peer space which is a virtual support network my air storage which is uh, which is also which trades with Storzy, which is kind of the air bnb of storage araka which is about managing your own climate impact through linking into your bank accounts etc to look at what you're spending on to work out your carbon footprint um and how you can uh and then obviously giving you options to uh to immediately to, to, uh, to negate that um we've got data blade which is workflow integration uh program for engineers we've got antibiotics which is a mixture of robotics and um children's education so it's um Sort of robotic uh, animals, and it teaches children about the the animal world. And we've got regulation tech about ensuring you meet your regulation, um, ensuring that you've got um, the correct KPIs in place and things like that. Then we've got uh, Paranemo, which is a mental health platform, matching um, clients with therapists uh, or the right therapists, enabling therapists to run their business via the platform and also deliver secure. Consultations, etc., with their clients. Holly Papillon, which is um, to sort of democratise 3D printing. Got Bandless, which is software tech to adapt your smartwatch. So smartwatches at the moment they'll take your heart rate, do ECG, things like that. But this is um, about uh, accurate and, and real-time blood pressure measuring. Finally, Portilius, which is um, a online export in- import platform which uh, integrates. Your routing, booking your containers, providing your documentation, doing your FX. Um, documentation and all that sort of thing uh, aimed at SMEs. You want to get into either exporting or importing. We've got, you know, as you can see, it's a massive range of of different industries, but all in the sort of tech sector. Um, so really exciting. Yeah, I think we're really looking forward to getting started.
1: Well, well done for remembering all of them as well.
2: Well, <laughs> well do you know what? I've been um, we've been working on this for such a long time, and uh, we've been, you know, the selection process is really hard because we had some really good. Um, Applicants, and uh, so we, you know, we we really delve down into uh, to what these guys do. They kind of burn burnt on my brain at the moment.
0: So uh, it's an incredibly diverse um, group there. Although although nine out of those ten I could actually personally do with. So I'm looking forward to them them coming out. I don't want an. Oh, great! I, okay. I don't I, I don't want n- an import export business. But the rest of them I could see how actually I could I could do with all of that. What um what what most okay. surprised what most surprised you about the um, applications that came in? just the diversity i
2: think um you know just the, the, the whole range of, of sectors that we're covering because in the southwest is a really interesting you you know it's kind of probably known for um agritech and uh, and uh, you know and for um for, for marine tech um, engineering perhaps but there's you know there's, we're covering all sorts of areas it makes it just so interesting about what's going on in the How do you
1: how do you actually choose the, the companies I mean is it the way the way they do it on Dragon's Den you know where it's not just about the company idea and what the company's doing it's also about the personality of the people running it
2: Yeah absolutely it's not quite like Dragon's Den in so much as they don't stand in front of us and uh, you know we shoot them down but it, you know, once you get through the shortlist process they provide us with quite a detailed explanation of their business through our, through Activate's portal. They have to provide sort of videos, et cetera, of why them, what their business is, et cetera. So it's quite a, quite a detailed process or quite a lot of detailed information they need to provide for the selection process. And it's through that that we get a real understanding of the company itself, the proposition. But but for startups who scout from what I see and all the companies I work through through the various incubators, et cetera, I work with, at this stage it's really about team and market opportunity because what you tend to find is if you've got a team with an idea um, and you can see that there is an opportunity or there is a market for this or a gap for it, their proposition at the moment may not be the one that succeeds but you almost get a feeling that they will succeed in, in in some way and so they'll pivot and they'll change things will go in a different direction than they think at the moment but if you back the team and there's a market opportunity i think that's those are the key things that you know, if, they, if they present themselves in a strong way when they be you know when you look at these sort of types of opportunity those are the ones that are uh, uh tend to get through
0: so this is about getting them investor ready uh, you say that so yeah. um so what does that what does that mean, and why you know obviously these are ideas that already straight away appear to make perfect market sense, you know, and you can you can see the gap that's there. So what what do you do then to move them into a position whereby investors want to get involved, and and who mm. and obviously when we say investors, this is many different things and organisations and people, isn't it? Who are the who are the kind of investors that you'll be you'll be looking at targeting?
2: The Tech Southwest do an annual survey, and two of the sort of three key things that keep coming out are talent and funding. You know, all these startups they, they require funding, and it's access to that funding, which is which they're finding, or you know, one of the reasons, you know, one of the issues that they're finding. I think one of the things that is happening in the Southwest is that more funding is arriving. You've got more VC or seed VC funds like Newable, um, looking to do more in the Southwest, they're taking. British business investment money, which is sort of a government-funded investment. They're working with the BBI or Newable are working with the BBI, and also with the Angel Group, which I'm a, I'm a member of, Bristol Private Equity Club. They're, they're, they're working together to invest in the southwest or in companies in the southwest. So, I think what we're seeing is an increase in money coming into the area or availability of money in the area. But on with my other hat on, with working with places like Future Space and and inspire and um, generally through uh, just from my day to day work, working with companies is that often they've got great ideas, but but they don't present them well, and they're not well thought through. So, you know, when they do get to the opportunity to to, to pitch for money uh, or pitch for investment, they don't get off to a great start or they don't they don't present themselves in the best way. Um, and sometimes I think that can mean that opportunities are lost. So, so while they may be saying that funding is an issue, I think there's increasing money coming into the sector. So it's certainly coming into the Southwest. What we're keen to do and what I was keen to do with Tech Southwest and with Activate is to get them in the best possible position they could be to access that money. And so the way that we do that is that we really take them through a quite intensive six week program, um, which really strips back um, their proposition. So, um, in the first sort of couple of weeks, we look at their sort of their, their, their vision. Um, you know, we really strip it back to why, why does that company exist? Why are they doing this? What's their vision, their purpose? What's the values of, of the team? You know, why are they doing this? What is it they're trying to achieve? What's their big end goal? You know, if they could, you know, looking to change the world, what are they trying to do? Um, and then once we've we've kind of honed that, and um, got that documented and, and, and written down and agreed, and you know they know what you know what it is that they're driving them. We then really look at what's so what's already out there. You know what, their market competitor analysis. So what you tend to find is that a lot of startups will have great ideas, um, but not necessarily looked at their own marketplace and what what else in a detailed manner about what else is out there and why is their value proposition different? What's the USP you know for them? What's their secret sauce? You know what makes them different from that competitor? And so we spend a lot of time looking at what else is out there, what, what services they provide, what services, that, you know, their proposition provides uh, provide that these don't. Um, and then that looks really, you know, drill down into their value proposition design, and, you know, really is what that, that proposition is about. What, what, what's it doing? What's, how does it work? How is it different to what there is now? Or why is there a gap in the market? And, and then we, you know, we look at the, sorry.
1: Karen. No, go ahead, Kevin.
2: Well, I was just going to say, we, we, then we look at the business model canvas, which is something everyone knows about, you know, anyone in this kind of startup sector will know about. It's a really useful tool just to look at routes to market, the client, the cost, uh, everything about the, the proposition and get that documented. And then it's about market testing and rollout. So we, you know, how can we test the market? How can we ensure that we think the market's there? You know, we think that people really want it. Are there customers that want it? And then finally... It's about investment materials creation. So the pitch deck, the financial models, everything they need to then go to go to investors and say, "This is our proposition. This is what we're trying to achieve. This is the problem. This is you know we've got the solution. This is how we can deliver it. This is our market. This is our route to market. Um, you know this is this is this is why we're going to make you loads of money and and us loads of money."
1: I'm just wondering, Ben. Um, you know, other than what a business needs. To run, so for example you know the the storage company that uh, is in the mm-hmm. program that company will need to have storage and that will cost they'll mm-hmm. they'll need to cost that et cetera, et cetera. but if they had all of mm-hmm. that, what is I mean do they really need investors does what i'm what I'm asking is does a startup really need investors or can it just continue based on funds uh, or very minimal funds from uh, the people who own it or are running it?
2: I think it really depends I think it depends on the it depends on what type of business it is you know if you do need a lot of capital uh investment um then it's quite often that you will need um some fundraising because you don't have a track record it's difficult to raise debt because um you you know simply haven't got anything to uh, to raise it against and so you know yes i think in a lot of cases companies do need uh, do need equity investment there are certainly circumstances where you know, I've spoken to companies who are actively looking for equity and question why they're doing it. Because if you look at their cash flow forecast and you look at whether, you know, you know, they, there may be opportunities to do it through short term debt. If they want to get over, you know, raise money to get over a short term hump to get going or, you know, get the flywheel turning, um, I've dissuaded them from doing it. But um, I think in most circumstances, companies need investment for a couple of reasons. One because they want to either build a proposition um, and they need to invest in that. Um, they want to bring the proposition to market, which is expensive when you look at the marketing costs, et cetera. Um, and sometimes they simply need to de-risk it for themselves. They need to, they've invested a lot of time and effort um, in the idea and, and you know, and, and a lot of personal sacrifice. Um, and they just want to de-risk it slightly for themselves by bringing on some other investment.
1: Now, I work with a lot of startups, you know, I help them to build up their social media and um, just sort of start mm. getting a presence online. And um, what I found is that some startups, you know, the, the founders will work 24-7. They will not stop working. Yeah. And others, yeah. they probably just spend two hours a day working on their startup. And then they also have other jobs, sometimes mm. quite like menial task jobs, like gardeners or whatever. Um, what... What do you think about that what How, how much time should people be investing and in working on their on their startup
2: well i th- again i think its i think it's really different i think it's whether it's your own personal circumstances as well, isn't it I think um you know some people are fortunate that they may be in a position where they can give all their time and they have some money to invest in it or at least you know savings that they can fall back on to uh, to give them the time to work on it twenty four seven and there's others that you know need money coming in because they've got to pay rent and they've got to you know they've, they've got to live and um i think it's you know the more time obviously you can spend on it the quicker you can move i think that's uh, but what you can find as well is that if you are spending less time is you know what can you outsource you know like so you know sales, if you're working on social media for, for people it means they're not doing it themselves and so you know if, are there ways that they can um outsource some of the uh, some, some of the tasks which they would do with themselves if they had the time but I think you know, I'm pretty open-minded by um, you know how much time you need to spend on it. Yeah, I think you know when you come to investment, and when when you come into that point as an investor, you want to see a committed uh, committed team who are you know are prepared to spend a lot of time on it. And so you know, in a lot of time, what's factored into that fundraising is the ability you know to pay those people to do that, um, you know, give them that opportunity. So. Um, yeah, you know, obviously you want, you know, as much time and effort you can spend on it, the better, I think, the more chances of success you've got. But obviously there's other there's other factors that feed into that.
1: So people attending the startup studio, they'll be expected to work 24-7, well, not 24-7, but, you know, work as hard as possible constantly. And 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 will that be funded for them?
2: The program itself is free, free to, for the cohort. So um, from that perspective, but otherwise, yeah, they'll, they'll have to, um, you know, I, I pretty much, I'm pretty certain that most of the firms that we're working with um, are working on them full time, uh, on these businesses full time. You know, the program's quite intensive, so we'll take up, you know, some amount of time. There's three, over that six-week period, there's sort of three full-day workshops, and there's pre-work and post-work, and then there's, you know, uh, market testing. There's all sorts of things that they need to do between, uh, between those workshops as well, and there's also we're providing workshops with our sponsors. So we've got some, you know, the the, the reason that we can make this free is um, we've managed to attract some, you know, some, some great sponsors. Um, so we've got uh, Azure, um, which is um, an county firm, um, which is, uh, you know, love your accountant, which is great. Um, and another, um, we've got Granted Consultancy um, down in Exeter, who are sort of masters at kind of non-dilutive, uh, funding, so looking at granting op- grant opportunities. We've got Ashley Media who are helping with sort of workshops on digital marketing, and then we've got another accountancy firm, RCM. Um, you know, you can't. You know, numbers are so important um, for startups, and, and you know, for attracting investment, you've got to have credible numbers, credible forecasting. Um, you know, so it's great that we've got a couple of accounts firms um, supporting the uh, supporting the cohort as well, which is which is really good. I and mean, we, um, you know. So that you know, that the great thing about that, that means that you know the program's free um, for the cohort. Um, they can focus on sorting their businesses out, rather than worrying about you know how they're going to find the money to uh, to get this order support.
0: Mm. So Ben, of course, it is the nature of the business um, that most startups don't work out. That's part of the risk isn't it and it's part of the learning curve for, for founders yeah. and so on so, yeah. so, what, so in, mm-hmm. in, in terms of success for you and the success for the program what, what are you hoping to, uh, to achieve and obviously it's, it's, it, it's early days but um, what, what's success going to look like for you this first time around
2: well I think um, I think success is, so at the end of the program so there's, there's a six week program and then a couple of weeks later we've got a pitch event um, which will be attended by uh angel groups um seed vcs um, we've got you know we're attracting some uh experienced uh, members for a panel um but basically um we're hoping you know i guess success for us is that we um you know at least one or two of the companies come out of it um getting some investment i think that's you know the key for us so, holistically it's about shining a light on the southwest and and, and, and truly a you know cross regional uh program which um shines a light throughout the southwest on the opportunities that are there you know we're hoping that the companies come in and you know when they when when they leave the six, you know, six weeks later when they come out the other end of the program they're in a position where they either have come to the conclusion their company isn't, you know, isn't going to work. Which is, you know, which in a way is is almost a positive result in so much as that they don't waste any more time on it. But you know, obviously the, the 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 big plus for us would be to have ten companies come out of it. They feel they've benefited hugely. Uh, the feedback's been positive. They feel confident to go into a pitching round. And you know, from that pitching event a couple of weeks later. Uh, you know we get one or two who um who, who get some
1: investment
0: you're listening to the tribe tech podcast
1: can i just say by the way i love ben cooper not for the reason that i think you might like him i like him because he was the only guest that we have ever had on this podcast who didn't say what an interesting question robert that was the first time that has ever happened including when i have written the questions for you and you've ask them, and people always say to you. What an in- interesting question, Robert. Yeah, there's no I in team. <laughs> so Ben Cooper can come back on this podcast whenever he wants. Tweet, Tweet now. now Tech SW official. Now, let's hear from Emily Barrett, who's organising Plymouth Startup Weekend later this year.
3: It packs Plymouth into a global network. We've also got some amazing um, local mentors and people involved in the event itself. And we're running these in Plymouth as part of the Cultural Development Fund, Department for Digital Culture, Media and Sport, um, and being delivered by Arts Council. And we've got an amazing range of partners across the city that are doing all sorts of exciting things. Obviously, the Startup Weekend is the highlight for me, but I'm biased. Um, But we've got all sorts of business support activities going on. We've got Ignite Festival of Creativity. And the startup weekend is a space for new ideas and new businesses, hopefully, to emerge and develop in Plymouth and across the Southwest.
0: So, Emily, so the the first Plymouth event was in 2019. Um, What have you learned from that, and how has how has the event changed since that first one?
3: Yeah, so um, it's really interesting thinking back now because um, the first event in April 2019 is actually two years ago this month, um, so um, it's really interesting thinking back uh, along the journey that we've had as an organizing team, but also as a community. So as you'll both be aware, there's sort of a whole load of stuff happening across the Southwest, and it's really sort of a hub for entrepreneurialism, um, tech, innovation, all sorts, um, but there isn't really a space um, for new ideas from anyone to sort of emerge and develop. I mean. If you've never considered starting your own business before, you might not know where to go or, or where to start. And hopefully, this is a space that um, that provides that. So it sort of fills a gap. Um, and over the past few years, we've been growing the community around it. So growing the amazing mentors and people that are involved and supporting the event, who are there to support the attendees, but also growing the attendees. So. It's always great to welcome new faces, um, but we quite often have sort of serial Startup Weekend attendees that have been to more than one event, which is fantastic. And as you can imagine, um, Robert, also sort of tweaking the format and tweaking the event as we go. So two years ago, I think we had about 15 full-time participants in the the first Startup Weekend, which was fantastic. Um, It was a really great event. Um, but for our last virtual one, we had um, around 40 attendees participating full time. So it, it is growing. Um, and yeah, lots of things being learned as an organiser and hopefully by those that are getting involved as well.
0: Well, yeah, if your startup weekend can't pivot and adjust to the market, what help is there for anybody else? <laughs> um, that, yeah. the, um, the the theme of, of culture and, and tourism, does that fit in with any of the wider economic objectives and growth markets and aims um strategically for for Plymouth and for the southwest you feel is that is is that a good growth area that's been identified
3: yeah definitely so it's one of the sort of key sectors that um the cultural development fund is looking at in Plymouth so looking at um health manufacturing um tourism arts and culture and how those sectors can collaborate and innovate and, and work together um, and the Startup Weekend is a space for that. But we picked culture and tourism as the theme for this next event because obviously the strength of those sectors in the southwest and the range of things happening. So as you'll be, you, or as you're hopefully aware, we um, have the box in Plymouth that has reopened and will be hopefully reopening soon. Um, the city's museum and art galleries which is really exciting and then also Plymouth has just released its culture strategy and being spearheaded by um, Plymouth culture and this um, event and the theme taps into a lot of the things that the cultural strategy um, sort of addresses so the culture and tourism industry in Plymouth actually accounts for I think it's around Seventy million of the economic output per year, um, and around uh, three hundred to four hundred businesses in the city that are classed in, in that sector. Um, so it really it really does sort of tie in with everything at the moment, and obviously with that sector rethinking and getting ready to reopen for um, the summer.
1: Well, I'd like to ask you about I Mayflower. I mean, how how has it worked during the pandemic?
3: So um, like everyone then, and I hate to use this word again, (laughs) but we've pivoted um, and lots of the stuff um, has been going on online, but it's all been continuing to um, happen. So the Startup Weekend, um, initially when I was looking at organising it online, um, honestly, I was really quite nervous um, about doing it because... The great thing about these events is the energy um, and the collaboration and the networking that happens sort of face to face. So I was really worried that we might lose that in in the online event. And luckily, the feedback has been that that energy um, still is there throughout the event. So that's great. Um, But some of the other things that have changed, for example, is um, at the university, we've also been running um, an innovative placement scheme, um, which is made up of sort of short-term internships and also longer-term R&D master's studentships. And when we sort of all moved online, we were wondering what we were going to do with the internships. But these quickly pivoted to virtual internships, as you can imagine, um, and were hugely popular. Um, We actually now have a waiting list for businesses, and we're looking at getting some extra funding to run some more of those. And um, so lots happening across our partners and um, Real Ideas organization, obviously launching the market of soon. So that's really exciting. Um, and yeah, I could talk on and on about the activity. Um, but yeah. <laughs>
1: how do the judges, how do they decide what a good idea is and, and what which ones to take forward?
3: On the Friday, um, anyone has the opportunity to pitch and it's a, a one minute elevator pitch and we, we are strict. So say that if you come and pitch, you will only have one minute. Um, But then on the Sunday, when the teams do their final pitches to judges, um, that's all going to happen live. But as you mentioned, we are going to sort of pre-record those pitches so that if anything goes wrong, um, I mean, we had attendees joining us from the US, from France, from Ireland last time. So sometimes things do go wrong. Um, And if things go wrong, then we've got those pre-recorded pitches to share with the judges. And the judges that we've got involved are all sort of local people who are, are working in either the sector or businesses and are experts in their area. So they know what they're looking for, and but we will also be providing them with some sort of judging criteria to help them decide on, on the winning team. So that's sort of looking at the team's customer validation. So have they gone out and spoken to customers over the weekend? And do they know their target market? Looking at design and execution, so if they've done a minimum viable product, is that working? Um, If they've got a technical demo, does that work and function? And also their business model. Um, So those are the three areas that the judges will be judging the teams on. Um, And usually they do all agree, um, but sometimes I have to sort of work a little bit of magic and and support them um, in agreeing on the winning team and runner-up. You're listening to the Tribe Tech Podcast.
0: Uh, So there you go. I hope we've inspired you all there to get going with your ideas. Lots of opportunities.
1: There are a lot of opportunities, and there's also a lot of investment coming here into the Southwest, uh, as we've heard from Ben Cooper. You can check out my article on... uh Southwest Tech Daily, which is the Tech Southwest's new website, all about news. That is all we have time for today. But before we go, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. It really helps us to get higher in the rankings. And also, if you want to talk about your tech business, just get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Next month, we're actually speaking to someone called Nemo de of Sigma Polaris. I mean, with a name like that, we had to have him on.
0: Polaris, who would have thought? You can get in touch with us by tweeting at TechSWOfficial or find Fiazza, not me, on Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, Don't look for me, I'll never respond. I really need to read this script ahead of (laughs) reading it out because Fiazza now writes in my ad-libs, but unfortunately I don't need the help. Um, But seriously, it says, thanks so much for listening. I actually do genuinely mean that. I don't need that writing down.
1: This is an utter shambles today. I am so sorry, but blame it on Robert. That's what I do. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. A Tech Southwest podcast, Tribe Tech. You can get in touch with us by tweeting TechSWOfficial.